Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. A business process is a recipe, and it's a baking recipe as opposed to a cooking recipe. The difference is this. A baking recipe, if you do not follow the steps, it will not turn out right. A cooking process, you can do eggs and and bacon and hash browns, and you can do it in any order. It doesn't really matter. As long as you cook them thoroughly, you're fine. You cannot put together chocolate chip cookies out of order. You can't Mm. start with this and then add this and do it this way. You can't do it out of order because if you do it, it doesn't work. I tell people that most times a sales process or a business process is just like a baking recipe. Then once we get it figured out, it becomes a cooking recipe. And now we add our own little flavor. We add our own spice. I want it a little bit spicier. You want a little less spicier. I want a little more butter. You want a little less butter. Once you get that process down, you can make modifications to it. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Chris Michelle. He's the founder of Coach Chris Consulting. He's a sales and business coach and also author of The Red Chair Experience. Chris has worked in sales, sales management and general management for over 30 years. He has developed training programs over the years and continues to work with companies and individuals contributing to their improvement and their success. Like most entrepreneurs, Chris has had his ups and downs during his life journey. His spiritual walk has led him to develop a desire to not only work on his own ethical consultative sales and business path, but to also help others in their mindful, virtuous journeys in sales and in business. When he's not working, Chris gives back to his community with Habitat for Humanity, where he can be found most Saturdays. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, then go to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel where you can access a free gift that my team and I put together for you. It's a short audio book that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel, our podcasting process from woe to go. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. In our conversation today, Chris talked to me about value selling, about who your customer is and what value they are seeking. We talked about building a sales process and how everything we do is in fact a process. And he described his red chair 
experience and the basis of the book of the same name. Without further ado, then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Chris Michelle. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from Anovabiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the Nova Buzz podcast today, all the way from Woodstock in the USA, Chris Michelle, who's a sales and business coach and also author of The Red Chair Experience, and he's actually sitting in the red chair today. Welcome to the Nova Buzz podcast, Chris. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Thank you, Jürgen, and it's wonderful to be here. Now, we met through Maxine Cunningham's Pick My Brain community, and uh, Maxine was our guest on episode 306 of the Innova Buzz podcast. So, a big shout out to Maxine. Yes. And she was also on, what was it, 500C, I think. She was on the, the Yeah, that's right. She was she on did. one of the panel conversations yeah. for celebrating episode 500. So, yeah, it's a fantastic community. Go check that out and go check out uh, Maxine's conversations with me as well yes now you help small and medium business sales you work on sales process which i'm really excited to dig into today help create processes and metrics and kpis and your coach chris so you actually focus more on coaching salespeople rather than telling them what to do or doing it for them and of course author of The Red Chair Experience. I'm keen to dig into some of that as well. Before we do that though, Chris, what's the impact you're having in the world today? Well, that's a great question, Jürgen, and I hope that my slice of the world, my little little place here in Woodstock, Georgia, is a little bit better as a result of me being here. And things like The Red Chair, the the book itself, and I know we'll talk more about it, but the way that that came about and the things that that's doing I think that that's going to be the real impact. Uh, I have been able to help business, small businesses, and the way that I like to think about making a difference is is really just by making connections with people like yourself and having these conversations and, and learning so much more and then being able to pass that on to other people. Hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and the power of conversations is amazing, isn't it? When we've got this technology today where we can talk to anyone in the world and learn from anyone and of course pick my brain the community is a a great example of that Um, simply by having meaningful conversations with people we learn so much and we expand our horizons and we grow our network and yeah it's just fabulous yeah it's really cool so uh, you and I are also part of um, the um, uh, why am I drawing a blank on it the world um, the world piece that she's doing anyway that is a specific community where you pay like a hundred dollars a year and, and you get to have these conversations with anybody and everybody and you know Jurgen, i took it upon myself and i think i told you this i took it upon myself to talk to anybody outside of the united states and the reason mm-hmm. i did that is because i live here in the states and no offense we're kind of similar in terms of the things that we see and the things that we do but for me to talk to somebody like yourself who's from Australia or I have a conversation coming up um, in the next week or two with somebody from Bulgaria or I'm sorry, from Belgium. I spoke to somebody from Bulgaria, from Portugal, from the UK, from South Africa. Right? I'm, I'm having all of these conversations. And like you said, we get the opportunity through little pieces of, of technology like this, right? Like our little computers. Yeah. 
And I, I love the opportunity to get that and get out and have these conversations so I can learn about what are you doing and what, what's your culture like? I've never been to Australia or Japan or, you know, Belgium. So it's really, really cool. Mm. Yeah. I guess the, it kind of naturally transitions me into asking you about the Red Chair Experience, the book, and it's got a subtitle, Daily Inspiration for Success in Life and Business. And it's, you were telling me earlier that it's about to go to the publisher as we're speaking. Right. Uh, now, I've had the privilege of seeing some of the early samples and early drafts, and I was fascinated that it, it's kind of like your your personal journal in a way and you share a lot of very personal things in there and reflections on what you've learnt um, from those conversations for example but also from all the things that you're doing in your life so tell us a little bit what what led to you writing the red chair experience and what what's your intention for the book um, man, that is a very deep question, Jurgen. <laughs> and um, so, the red chair, this this chair, um, how it came about. My stepdad was the first owner of this chair, and he was my business mentor growing up. He was the one that I called and I said, "Hey, I, I want to pick your brain about how to do this or how to do that." He was in sales. I'm I've been in sales most of my career. And he played sports, he played college football, I played college football. So we had a lot of different things in common. And so it was easy for me to use him as a mentor and, and to, and he was very willing and, and very um, loving in that way. And so uh, he passed away in, in March of 2016. And so my mom took the chair and when she moved out of the house that they lived in and my younger brother was having um, some hip issues and so he, would often sleep in a, a reclining chair, much like this one, in his home. And so I went up to my mom's and I grabbed the chair and I brought it over to him for you know Thanksgiving. And we, we hung out and had a great time. And unfortunately, we lost him a year later um, to suicide. And so my sister-in-law and my niece and nephew asked me if I would take care of the chair. And so I said yes. And so it sits now in my ensuite here in, in my master bedroom. And it's a place where I go and I get to sit and relax and, and think and meditate and really feel feelings and, and even talk to the previous owners. And, and I kind of joke about that. But, but how it came about was I had always wanted to write a book and a buddy of mine sent me a meme and just in the beginning of the pandemic in May of 2020, he sent me a meme and said, if you're not, it said, if you are not um, working on your side hustle, doing something to improve yourself, getting better at something, then you're wasting your time and you're, you're not doing what you should be doing. And so that kind of spurred me on to starting to write the, the red chair. And that was about six months after my brother had passed. So all of these things led up to this point where I needed, an, uh, if you will, a gentle nudge from someone to say, hey, it's time. It's, it's okay to go ahead and do this. And I was, so what you mentioned about the emotion and the, and the, where the book is coming from and, and the very, the vulnerability of it, all of that stemmed from that period in my life and the things that were going on and what was happening, right? Mm -hmm. And so as a result, that's what, that's what came out. 
and and it was some of it was business and some of it was life and some of it was just fun and you know all these other things but I just started contemplating all the different things that we see and we go through and we experience and I started to share some of those things in the book and that's really what it what it comes down to be is it's an experience in and of itself and it's uh, hopefully it's an inspiration hopefully it's an encouragement or a motivation for some people but it's it's not something to sit you know sit down and consume it all in you know a day or mm. two right um, it's about 400 pages but it's really something that you pick sit down and you you grab a cup of coffee grab a cup of tea and, and you sit down and you you contemplate what's going on with you in your life and what's happening and and it's a gentle nudge from a friend as as uh, somebody else said <laughs> yeah and the way it's laid out the way the way I understand it's laid out is you could basically use it as a daily inspiration and, and pick a chapter that perhaps speaks to your mindset on that particular day your mood on that particular day or an issue that you might be dealing with and and pick one or two chapters and, and just get some ideas from that yeah exactly and and they're only three minutes five minutes maybe you know mm. I'm, a, I'm not a very fast reader so I mean I'm more on the five <laughs> to seven minute you know time frame um, but it is it, it is set up that way and there's an index in the back where you can go to the back and say man I want to learn about relationships and you can go and you can find a couple of entries on relationships maybe you want to learn about uh, love or how to give or how to receive right and how to do different things you can do that and it's really the mm. way the book is set up I even said in the intro of the book I said you know sometimes this is gonna hit and sometimes it's not gonna hit and sometimes you may just go man I didn't get anything out of today but there are other days where it's just gonna it's gonna knock you back on your your you know heels and you're gonna be like wow I didn't think about that hmm yeah I, well I found the samples very thought-provoking and and I thought for me one of the things I keep starting and never really get to the point of making it a habit is writing a journal and using a journal as a reflection now I do a lot of other things that that put me in a reflective space and I get ideas and reflection and um, ways of tackling things that are different so improving myself uh, but I've never really been able to fully embrace the idea of a journal and I thought well this is actually something that you could use as a prompter as a, a daily prompter to write a journal because it does get you to reflect how does this apply to me is there a lesson in this to me and then starting to write that um, in a way to have almost have a conversation with you. You, know, you talked about conversations right. in the red chair with the previous owners. So, so it's it's almost like inviting a conversation, a virtual conversation. Well, you know, Jurgen, we all do this, right? We all have these conversations that go on in our head, and they're not always positive, right? But this <clears> hopefully <throat> is an usually not. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully this is an opportunity to kind of squelch some of that and and bring about the positive conversation that says. What did I do right and what can I do better? And start to look at how we can improve. And I, I love the idea of, of doing a journal. I was asked, will there be a page in between each one, right, that you could write and journal on? And I said, not mm. maybe not this version, but maybe the next one <clears throat> or the next one. Hmm. Yeah. 
Excellent. All right, well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about selling and your expertise and experience in selling. I know, well, there's two things. I know you're very strong on process and you're very focused on the idea of value selling. So tell us a little bit more about value selling. What is it and, and how do you kind of switch from, hey, I've got this product, you must buy it, to actually the value selling approach? And, and then we'll talk about process in a moment. Sure. So what I've learned, and I continue to learn, but what I've learned about value selling is it doesn't matter what I think the value is. What matters is if I'm working with you, Jurgen, and, and I'm saying you, you want to purchase something from me, whether it's a, a service or a, a product, I have to understand what is valuable to you. And so in asking certain questions and in going through certain things and and part of the process is understanding where they are and what they're looking for, what are their needs and wants. And if you figure those things out and you you learn those things, you can then take and apply the things that you have specifically, and that will add value to your product or service. And so when people, a lot of people, I think they misunderstand this, this concept of value selling because they think, oh, it's valuable to me, so I'm just gonna share it with you and you'll find it, you'll find it truly valuable. And I, I comment about people like that, that they're more like a shotgun approach, right? If you want to go out squirrel hunting, you don't bring a shotgun because you're, you're basically that's going to, it's going to really do a whole lot of damage and it's not going to help you. That's not the way if you're going hunting, you go hunting with a specific purpose and you go with a rifle and you do these things. Now, I'm not a hunter. Let me back up and say that. But I know enough about hunting that... that <clears throat> It's, it's a lot like sales, right? So when we, mm. when we are going out for a specific thing, we want to target it and we want to aim for the center and we want to make sure that we're adjusting for the wind and all these other things. Well, the wind is the objections. The wind is um, the things that you maybe didn't bring up in the beginning when we were talking about things. And, and it's all of those things that get covered when we've uncovered. So when we figure all that out, we can actually bring value to you and what you want versus what I want. So there's a couple of things in that that I think are important. The first one probably is understanding who are the people that my product or my service can help and and then talking to them rather than talking to everybody and saying, hey, I've got this wonderful product mm -hmm. or service and most people are not in the market for that. The, the second thing then is if I identify the right people who are in the market for such a product or service to then be asking a lot of questions to understanding their issues and their needs and, and what value they're looking for something in, in that particular space. Right. I was watching a, a, a reel or TikTok or something of, of Gary Vee today, and he was asked a question by somebody. He said, the, the guy was asking the question saying, what question do you want people to ask you? And Gary said, that's the dumbest question in the world because <laughs> what I want you to do is I want you to ask questions that are pertinent to you. And he said, you know what? There's really only about seven to 10 questions that people ask, and that's okay because that's what brings value to you. He said, you're trying to bring value to me, and that's not what I want to do. I want to bring value to you. So I look at that and I think, well, there's really only a handful of things, right? 
five, seven things that people want to know or people that people will find valuable with your product or service. It's not 200. There's not an, uh, an unlimited um, resource of value to what you bring, right? Unless it's truly unique. But even then, it's probably a niche product and you only have a certain um, clientele that can use it. So to your point, you find out what the clientele who your clientele is. And then once you do that, there's probably a handful of things that they are interested in knowing about your product, maybe five, maybe 10, maybe 15, but there's still a limited amount of, of information that they are looking for. And when you know how to answer each one of those as a benefit to your, your customer, that's, what's going to be helpful. It may be a little twist for everybody. It may be a little bit different for Jurgen as it is for me, or as it is for, XYZ, right? For whomever. But you you have the principles and you have the foundation for those things and you can utilize that. Hmm. So what what are some of those questions? How do we start <laughs> a conversation like that? Well, a lot of it's going to come down to, so I'm in the heating and air conditioning, home services, so electrical, plumbing, that kind of stuff. I'm in that space. And so for a lot of people that are looking for those type of services, it really comes down to what's happening in the house. What What is your lifestyle like in the house, right? Do you have a lot of parties? Do you like to have friends over? Do you like to entertain? Do you have kids running in and out? Do you have animals that are going in and out constantly, right? Do you? Those things are important. Where do you like to keep the temperature at? Uh, what's going on with the lighting in your home? What's happening with... Uh, how many people are in the house that, that are taking showers and all of that stuff, right? Because all of that leads to the plumbing, the, the electric plumbing, the electrical and the heating and air conditioning. And so you start to realize there's a handful of questions that you ask and that, that are important to what you're trying to understand. But then by asking more open-ended questions, so Jurgen, tell me a little bit more about what you do on a regular basis with your house. Right. Tell me a little bit more about the entertaining that you do or things along those lines. So when I ask you open ended questions and I truly sit back and listen, I can learn now what's important to you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a great example and pertinent to me because we've just gone through upgrading all our heating, air conditioning and hot water and switching over to electrical and attaching it all to our solar system. Oh, wow. Uh, the the and thinking back on that i mean i'm i'm a very analytical person so i sat down and looked at all the different units and compared them and compared you know technical specifications and pricing and measured up the the area that i wanted to be heating and figured out well you know is is each unit going to have the capacity to effectively heat that right. and looked at energy ratings and all of that but at the end of the day it was about uh, you know, we wanted things. to be comfortable yep. in a home. There's three things that it really comes down to, you're yeah. gonna, exactly. And those three things, it's your health, your safety, hmm. and the reliability of the equipment. Now, the comfort is important, don't get me wrong, but, that's, but that hmm. falls behind those, those three other pieces. The health and safety of you and your family are number one, hmm. right? And number and one and two. And then number three is the reliability of the unit because you don't want to be breaking you don't want to break it mm. down a year, two, three for, from now. Once you get past those things, yes, comfort's next and then efficiency, right? And then the price. And so yeah. it's really interesting when you really get down to it with people. 
Yeah, that's right. And and then, you know, the sales people actually could focus on that if, if they're doing a good job. Mm. How'd they do? Did now, they, I think I made did they it do easy a good job? for them because I, I, did all the, I did all the work up front. I yeah. said, here's what we need. <laughs> I, I already know the units. So, so oh, just so you picked how, them out. Oh, how okay. Much how much uh, disruption is there going to be? When can you install it? And you know, will you take away the old units? And right. you know, those kind of things. So, yeah. But yeah, if um, if you turn it around as a person selling something, asking those critical questions is is really a much better approach than, hey, I've got this fabulous air conditioning unit. You You must take a look at it. Yeah. Well, and I used to love talking to people like you because I am technical in, in nature. I, I am mechanically minded. And so I like to talk <laughs> tech with people and we can get very technical on this stuff. But mm. you have to be really careful because it, it can it can get into the weeds, as they say, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, of course, that that means knowing your customer as well, because some people enjoy that conversation and that that so that becomes part of the relationship building but it's not necessarily a key part of the sales process no it's really not and like i said when you when you realize that there's a handful of things that people really really need to know and want to know and and again it depends on your product or service right i mean i've sold mailing and shipping equipment or i've sold lego toys i've sold energizer batteries i've worked in all of these different arenas and they're the needs are, are really kind of similar, but you have to understand it as it relates to your process or to your product or service, right? And so now as a business and sales coach, there's a different need. There's a different want there, right? And you started to say, as you introduced me, I get to help small to medium business owners who are self-managing sales and shouldn't be. And that's the key is they shouldn't be because they should be working on other things. They should be doing so many more things or they they want to be doing so many more things than trying to manage sales. Mm. All right. So talk to us a little bit then about process and how you how you help those business owners effectively manage their sales without actually being in the weeds um, through through your work on process. Sure. So with with a process, the, the thing about that is most companies that I deal with don't have a process. They don't have a sales mm-hmm. process or they don't have other processes in place. And as a result, it's easy to go in and, and say, have you considered doing this, 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 and this, this, right? And I have a format. I've got a, a, a diagram and, and it's a simple process. Now, it's adjustable for you and your business, right? So now we sit down and we Mm -hmm. say, okay, we put in Sally's name here, we put in Joe's name over here, and then we can do all these things. And, you know, we want to do this before we do that. And that's okay. But when you find that there's a step-by-step process, and if you follow that process, it's proven and repeatable that when you hire somebody to come in and be a salesperson for you or come in to be a sales manager or come in to do Uh, be a service technician. They can follow the steps in the process. And if they follow the steps in the process, they will be successful because again, it's proven and repeatable Hmm. and you can adjust it over time. We've had to make adjustments. One of the things that's happened over the last couple of years that I've seen with companies is they've had to learn how to sell virtually. So now heating Hmm. and air conditioning companies are starting to sell virtually like this. 
They'll get on the, you know, they'll do FaceTime and that kind of stuff. And so they don't even need to go to the house, right? Which sounds really, really weird because, as you know, there's a lot of specifications that go into this and things mm -hmm. that we need to see and things that we need to understand. But that can be done on the phone now, right? Because of technology. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that we're seeing. But process, when people get and understand that process and what it looks like and what it means and what it can do for their business. I was talking with a client the other day, a potential client the other day, and I said, if you put these processes in place, you can literally double your business overnight. And I'm talking revenue. I'm not even talking about getting more customers. I'm just saying you could you can change the way that you do business overnight just by implementing these processes. And they were like, wow, that's that's crazy. And I said, yeah, but that's what I mean, that's what I learned in the corporate world, right? You learn how to do processes, and and mm. when you do that, you find the proven and repeatable ones are the ones you stick with. And if they're not proven or repeatable, you start to prove them. And if you can't repeat them, then you fix that, right? And you start to modify yeah. those things, and you start to do those kind of things that help make it a proven and repeatable sales process or whatever else process, right? There's there's financial processes mm. that we have to go through, right? When you do your taxes or when you do your monthlies. You have to go through a process, and if you skip any step in the process, you might get in trouble. <laughs> hmm. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of really important points there. The idea of documenting processes to make it easy for new employees to come in. I think um, documenting processes actually gives you a training program as well for new employees, and then of course, that training program, the, the the appropriate process documentation is something that they can refer back to all the time until they start to remember it. And I think the second really important point there, which is something that I think <clears throat> a lot of people misunderstand, they think process so it's rigid, so you have to do it this way. Right. So Chris has suggested this is his sales process. It doesn't, it doesn't really work in my industry. Um, it, it's not set in stone, it's not rigid, it, it can be adapted and not only that, it must be adapted as you learn um, this, this bit can be improved. Uh, right. Always looking to improve the process. I mean, you mentioned when we, uh, we were prepping before we started recording today, how our process for the whole podcast is has been so seamless and, and leaving nothing to chance. Well, that, that didn't happen. Like, we didn't start out like that. That's something we continue to work on. We continue to improve the process. We see some things that we think, oh, that I think we can do that better or we can do that in a way that makes it easier for everybody involved and, and we modify it. So it's really important to look at opportunities for improving and, and fine-tuning and, as you say, proving them. Yeah. And you know, the really neat thing, Jurgen, is most people want a process. They want to know what the next steps are. They want to know how to do things properly. And, and to your point, they think, you know, at first it's rigid. Why is it rigid? Because they don't know it, because they don't understand it, right? And when they learn it and they, it becomes a part of who they are, it's no longer rigid. And then you go, well, I can tweak this here. I can make an adjustment here. Right. And oh, maybe there's a better way to do this process here. Right. Or this step in the process here. So you're right. It's salespeople are we, we tend to want to 
I don't know, cling to this this thing that we're free and we can do whatever we want. And we're, the, you know, it's the wild, wild west. <clears throat> Every one of them, they all have a process. It may not be a good process, but it's a process. <laughs> that's right. That's the, that's the funny thing that um, I remember implementing fairly major product development processes and and in the corporate world and a lot of people would say no no we we can't work with a process we're creative people we have to have the creative freedom and and i would say well you know you run a process it's just not a good one right and no 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 we we we're creative i say well what's the first step you do um if if it's a salesperson what's the first step you do well i might find the customer well there you go What's the next step? Well, you're going to talk to him, right? You're going to talk to that right. customer that you've just phoned. What, what's So then you have a conversation. What do you do at the end of the conversation? Well, you say, um, you know, when, when am I going to get in touch next? You know, when, or when do we meet next? And then we say, well, it's been nice talking to you. Goodbye. I say, there's your process. Right. right. <laughs> now, where can that be? Uh, where can that be improved? What, what's the outcome you wanted to achieve with that? that phone call and where can we improve that process <laughs> right <clears throat> yeah and you're so right you were gonna i mean it, it the, the scary thing is is that people don't realize that we follow processes every day i was sharing with somebody earlier when you get up in the morning there's a process and mm. nine times out of ten you're following that same process you sit up you put your feet on the ground you walk to the bathroom you brush your teeth, you take a shower, right? I mean, you get dressed, right? There's a process. You go grab your coffee, right? There is there is a process. When you go to bed at night, there's a process that you follow. Now, do you do it every time the same way? No, but maybe you modify it a little bit and you go, yeah, I've learned a little bit from this. I'm getting better at this. Yeah. And and this is more effective for me, right? To turn off my phone and, and put, it, put it in the other room so I don't have to wake up to it or, you know, I don't have to worry about it or pick it up first thing in the morning whatever works for you but it's all a process we we do so many processes every single day when we cook it's a process that's right well cooking's a, a great example because there's recipes right there's yeah. documentation of the <laughs> right. process yes. and, and you follow the recipe and then when you get good at cooking and you get confident and you say hmm uh, I kind of like it a little bit um, spicier than that. So I think I'll add extra spice, more than what they recommend in that recipe. So then you start tweaking the recipe and get, and then you get creative, but you've got the framework of, of the recipe to build on. So. Yep, exactly. And that's what I share with people is most people are familiar with cooking, right? So we talk about a sales process or we talk about a, a business process. A business process is a recipe. When And it's a baking recipe as opposed to a cooking recipe. And the difference is this. A baking recipe, if you do not follow the steps, it will not turn out right. A cooking process, you can, you can do eggs and, and bacon and hash browns and you can do it in any order. It doesn't really matter, right? But as long as you do it, as long as you cook them thoroughly, you're fine. You cannot put together chocolate chip cookies out of order. You can't mm. start with this and then add this and do it this way, right? You, you can't do it out of order because if you do it out of order, it doesn't work right and it doesn't turn out right. And so I, I tell people that most times a sales process or a business process is just like a baking recipe. 
Then once we get it figured out, it becomes a cooking recipe. And now we add our own little flavor. We add our own spice, right? I want it a little bit spicier. You want it a little less spicier, right? I want a little more butter. You want a little less butter, right? It, it all depends on once you get that process down, now you can make modifications to it and that's okay. But don't, don't go changing it. Just make little tweaks, add a little spice here, or a little spice there, make it more genuine to you. So it's not so quote unquote rigid. Mm. Yeah, that's a fantastic metaphor. And I have to remember to use that one more often <laughs> as a, as a keen baker of bread. And I, I, now have a process that's in my head and I vary it each time because I like variety, but I've got the confidence to know that mm -hmm. the core process is this and I've got to do certain things in a certain way for it to work. Otherwise, it, um, it, it falls over. Yeah, if you don't let it rise, what's going to happen, right? It yeah. turns to a brick. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, this is fantastic, Chris. I could go on talking process <laughs> and, of course, all the other sales things, the value I, mindset all day, but I think now is a good point to move on to the buzz, having sort of set that metaphor for process so powerfully. The buzz, of course, is our innovation round. Same five questions I ask of every guest, and the idea is you'll inspire the listener to do something awesome today as a result. All right. I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? I think listening to understand. And really, when we listen to understand, we can, we can gain so much more um, in, in clarity and, and understanding. Yeah, that's great. And uh, consistent with what you were describing before in, in value-based selling of understanding the needs and the value for the potential client. Yeah. All right. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Oh, gosh. Um, collaboration. I have to work with other people. And, and a lot of times I think I can do this on my own. And I learned that when I mm -hmm. get with Jurgen, the ideas just grow exponentially. And, you know, things just happen so much freer that way. And it's, it's almost like I get clarity just by collaborating because I can throw ideas out and go, that really sounds horrible, or that sounds really good. And then you add something and it goes, you know, 10 times better. It's like, okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, and hence, hence your passion and, um, and habit of speaking to so many people from different places with different viewpoints and different backgrounds and different cultures. Yeah, it just, it, it is fascinating once you start to do that. And I know Jurgen, you've, you've spoken to people from all over the world and it's, it's mind blowing to me. I love it. I love what you're doing and, and every you know, experience that you're having. I'm sure I could pick your brain for hours. So. <laughs> okay. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Oh, gosh. Um, in terms of resources, one of the things that I found recently that, that really helps me is um, in terms of a resource that I guess in terms that helps me is something that I uh, it's time blocking basically is what it comes down mm -hmm. to is I have to set time limits for myself. I have to use my phone as a timer and put it on 45 minute or 50 minute you know timers 
so that I can work and focus and do the things that I need to do. And then I can take a break and I can, I can do something non-work related, right? But that really helps me to focus a whole lot more. That's a tool mm. that I found. Mm. That's, yeah, that's the, the Pomodoro technique. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I tack, do that from time to time and I find I, I need to actually have the interruption because <laughs> once I start to focus on something, I don't, suddenly I'll look up and I'll say, oh, it's the middle of the day already. I, I just, I thought, you know, I just started this about 8 a.m. in the morning, but now it's midday right. and where, the, where did the time go? And I was actually going to do three other things this morning. Right. So, so I, I actually use it to kind of set limits on how, how long I focus on something. And then, then I get, so after perhaps that 50 minute period, then I get to choose, do I spend another 50 minute block on this one? Right. Or do I move on to the next thing that I actually wanted to get done this morning as well? Yeah, and that's what's working for me is is I had to I have to set the timer because if I don't set the timer, I'm like you. I can just get lost in it. Next thing I know, it's it's mm. two three in the afternoon. I'm like, what happened to my day, right? Because I didn't have meetings come up. That in my calendar, if if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. So mm. I I love my calendar because I I get to look at my day and go, okay, here's how it's going to go. It's going to be good. Mm. It's going to be interesting, <laughs> right? <laughs> or I've got some free time. I can work on these projects. But yeah, I, between my my between my calendar and the the timer, those two things are super critical for my success. Hmm. All right, fantastic. And what's the best way to keep a client on track? Boy, that's a tough one. I the thing I find most useful is really just accountability, and it's having those conversations that a lot of times people aren't willing to have with themselves or they're not willing to have it with their business partner, right? They, they need somebody from the outside to look at things and say, here, you need to go this direction and keep going in this direction. And when they do, man, it's, it's fun to watch them grow. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And of course you, your approach is much more a coaching style mm-hmm. rather than a prescriptive um, in terms of the process we were talking about earlier, rather than prescribing that process of coaching people through seeing why they should go a particular direction. Yeah, that's one thing that I've really learned about myself is I love to coach people. That's why I've, and we haven't talked about it, but I'm known in a lot of circles that I run in as Coach Chris. And the reason being is because um, I love to coach people. I want to be there and walk them through the process. I want to walk them through and watch their successes and, and hold them accountable, right? And help them to, much like a, a sports coach or uh, something would, would take you through the, the process the entire time. Not to beat you up, but to encourage you and be, your, you know, be a cheerleader and, and help you to find the success that you can. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. Okay, and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Oof. Um, I think for me, and we've, we've kind of touched on it before, it's the collaboration. So I think about working with others or giving to others, um, figuring out how we can contribute to others. Um, success is, that, that's, that's where we really are going to hit the mark, I think. Hmm. So really looking at at not what can I get out of this, but 
what can I give and where can I contribute? Well, in this world that we live in, a lot of people have, have started to shift their thinking. It used to be all about me, 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 me. And now we're starting mm. to see that we need other people. And, and especially right now with with things starting to open up again, right? And, and people starting to be able to meet in person and, and see real folks, not just on a video screen, but to mm. actually see and touch and feel and, you know, that kind of stuff. It being able to contribute to what somebody else is doing, you can do that virtually or you can do that in person. But, you know, being able to collaborate and work with them and, and throw mm. ideas, that's we're seeing more and more of that. And I love it personally. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree with you. That's, uh, and there are so many opportunities to do that as well, even, even virtually and even with these tools we have you can transcend geographies you don't have to travel halfway around the world to build the relationships that that then lead on to that cooperation or joint activity right yeah all right well thanks for getting us through the buzz chris this has um, been really great i'm really enjoying the conversation now where can people find out more about you about the work you do um find out about the Red Chair Experience book and maybe get a hold of it um, once once this episode is published the book might be available so yes. yeah give us some places we can find out more sure so first things first you can go to coachchrisconsulting.com that's my website and in that you'll find the red chair but you can also go to the red chair experience.com and there you'll find the book you can order your copy as uh, you can get a signed copy or an unsigned copy really up to you you can get multiple copies um, but that's the best way to reach me is is that you can find me on social media and a lot of times it's under coach Chris or coach Chris consulting so I'm on Instagram on Facebook I'm on Twitter I'm on YouTube <laughs> LinkedIn don't forget right. LinkedIn excellent all right well we'll include all those links in the show notes of course Perfect. Now, do you have some parting advice for our listener as we wrap today's conversation up? Um, you know, I think that the biggest thing is trying to figure out how do we contribute. And that's one thing that I was, um, a buddy of mine shared this with me when we first met. I said, I really like to help people. And he said, maybe you should learn how to contribute to people instead of help. And I thought, you know, that's going to be my key word, right? And it has, it was for 21 and, and it just continues now is, you know, Jurgen, I, the question I like to ask people whenever I meet with them is how can I contribute to what you're doing? And if you can figure out how to do that on a consistent basis, it's amazing what comes back to you and you don't do it. I don't do it to get things back. I, I do it because I genuinely want to help and I genuinely want to contribute to what you're doing. And so if I can ask the right questions, then I can figure out how to contribute to what you're doing. The other stuff will come. All the stuff yeah. that, you know, the stuff that I call it karma, you know, the good stuff will come. Yeah, I love that. And I love the language you use there because um, I know my business coach often pulls me up when I use the word help. <laughs> and her philosophy is, well, she says, I don't need help. I'm not in trouble, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, and and there's there is that the language of using help. There is that kind of unconscious 
implication or unconscious assumption that the other person is in trouble mm -hmm. and needs needs help and so here i am ready to help i'm here to save uh, whereas the, day. the contribute yeah. <laughs> yeah whereas the contribute is is totally different isn't it like no you're not in trouble but can i contribute is there something i can contribute and and it's it's still the giving and the serving mentality the serving mindset but not the kind of under current of you're in trouble you need help right no and that's a great yeah. explanation i love that um, i love the way you described that because that's really what it's about i mean when you try and help somebody you're you're saying that they're down that they're that they're mm -hmm. in some way in danger or in trouble and you need to help them you're you're the hero and yeah. that's not the case i'm not necessarily looking to be the hero i in fact i'm not looking to be the hero i'm looking to contribute to what you're doing i'd, I'd love to be a part of your success um, but if I can, great. If I can't, that's okay too. Hmm. Wonderful. Great, uh, great place to wrap up. Although I do need to ask you, who else should I bring on the show and why? Oh gosh. So I had to think about this one because I heard you ask this question several times. So I'm like, he's going to ask, he's going to ask. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's, it's my buddy, Harry Spate. I know you've met him. I know, I think you guys mm -hmm. have talked once already, but Man, yeah. I would encourage you if you can get him on the show. Uh, Harry has written a book called Selling with Dignity, and it's a great book about how we can sell and, and keep our ethics and our, our morals and, you know, how we, we don't have to be the sleazy salesperson of, of, of old. Mm. But, uh, yeah, Harry's a great guy. Excellent. Well, yeah, I have had a conversation with Harry, so I'll revisit that and make sure we bring him on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for that suggestion. Absolutely. And thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so much with us today. I really appreciate you spending time with us. I, I enjoyed the conversation. We've covered lots of different areas from the Red Chair experience, the story behind that and, and what the book's about to selling value, value-based selling, and of course, the whole idea of process around sales and, and kind of talk process in general, right? Yes. So thanks, Chris. Please do stay in touch. All the best for the future. Thank you so much, Jurgen. And, and I really do appreciate uh, being a, a guest on your show. I really have enjoyed this. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that really engaging and delightful conversation with Chris and took something away from his episode. As you reflect on this episode, start asking yourself the question, how can I contribute to other people's success? Start asking people, how can I contribute to what you are doing? And follow up with questions to listen, to understand. I really believe that by doing that, we all have the power to influence positive change in the world. Chris's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Chris Michelle. That is C-H-R-I-S-M-I-C-H-E-L. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Chris Michelle. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Chris, as well as links to his website, to his social media pages, to the book 
the Red Chair experience and also the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. If you've listened this far into the show and if you've listened to other episodes of the show, then you know what's coming next. The challenge. If you love this conversation and what's not to love about this conversation and you think it would be useful to one other person, be brave. Share this conversation with that one other person. And then, with all the episodes we've published right up to now, this is episode 521, I believe, find another one that's going to be equally as valuable to you as this episode. Listen into that. Share it with another person who might find that episode valuable. And send me a note on LinkedIn telling me which episode you picked and why. And most importantly, what your biggest takeaway is that you're going to turn into action. Chris suggested that we have a conversation with sales coach and author of Selling with Dignity, Harry Spate, on a future Innova Buzz podcast. So Harry, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Chris Michelle. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode so that we can get to know you and why you listen. Also, it will help us make the podcast even better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift my team and I made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jurgen Strauss from Innova Biz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating. <laughs>